Welcome to episode 14 of Murders, Mysteries, and More. I'm your host, Rudy Uribe Jr. This week I recorded a flash fiction story written with a detective noir feel. It's not a detective story, but that's kind of the way it comes across. It's silly, but I had fun writing it. A friend asked me if I had Leslie Nielsen in mind for my main character. I did not, but if the gumshoe fits, here is... Easy on the eyes. She was easy on the eyes, but hard on the heart. The Santa Ana winds blew into town, and my throat was as dry as desert sand. She stood behind the bar, wiping it down in robotic fashion. She had dark shoulder-length hair and piercing blue eyes, Her ample bosom left an ache in my loins. Angie knew I was waiting for her to attend me, but she pretended I wasn't there. I couldn't blame her. Angie and I had a history. A month earlier, I mustered the courage to ask her out. Her gentle lips widened at the proposition and her porcelain skin glowed. What did you have in mind, cowboy? She asked. I was eager to impress her with my masculinity, but I didn't want our relationship to start with a lie. I'm not a cowboy, I said. I'm a yoga instructor. A tough guy like you? I find that hard to believe. Believe me, honey. I centered myself on the bar stool, grabbed my right leg, and placed it on the back of my neck. She must have been impressed because the pop-up turkey timers went off in her bra. Is that all you've got? she asked. I grabbed my left leg and also put it around my neck. It was difficult balancing on my tailbone and I toppled to the floor with a thud. Angie leaned across the bar and asked if I was okay. I must have looked like a human paperclip. She placed both hands on the bar, thrust her legs in the air and stuck the dismount. I don't mind telling you, it was a turn on. This woman could pommel my horse anytime. She rolled me over and helped me untangle one of my legs. The ache in my loins grew when she touched me, but this time it might have been a hernia. Our first date had gotten off to a rocky start when I asked her if she wanted to leave the sleazy life of a bartender. Don't you hate it when a bunch of drunken creeps hit on you? Again, she asked me what I had in mind. Angie, I said, picture this. You and I live in a 5,000 square foot home our two children, Matthew and Lori, jump on their sea dews and race around our private lake. At night, our personal chef prepares us a gourmet meal. How does that sound? She reached across the table and touched my hand. It sounds amazing, she said. But this is our first date. Aren't you moving a little fast? Two kids? A private lake? I grabbed a paper napkin and showed her the life we could have as multi-level weight loss distributors. She threw her drink at me and stood up. I pleaded with her not to leave. My credit card was maxed out and I had hoped we could split the bill. But that's all a distant memory now. I've been to that bar every day since wishing to apologize. But first I had to get her to talk to me. Angie! I said a little louder than I had intended. Get me the usual. She put away her towel and turned to make my drink. She hadn't bothered to look at me. I watched her cut a mini watermelon in half and scoop out the fruit. She placed it in the blender and gave it a single pulse. 
She filled the empty rind with vodka and poured the slushy fruit back in. A bendable straw and umbrella completed the job. One watermelon vodka, she said. She pushed the drink in my direction without making eye contact. I reached over and grabbed her wrist. Angie, you're the most beautiful woman I've ever seen. Can't we make a go of this? Her breasts heaved and her blue marbles gave me a look that chilled my drink. No need for ice with this broad. At long last, she spoke to me. You know you can't be here. It would take the Grand Canyon to keep me away from you, I said. I don't need the Grand Canyon, she said, reaching under the bar and pulling out a piece of paper. All I need is this restraining order. Come on, Angie, I pleaded. All you need to do is get a hundred distributors under you and we could live the life we talked about. Stop hounding me, she said as she walked away. Outside, the Santa Anas kicked up dirt devils in the barren street. Inside, I sipped my watermelon and vodka and waited for a beautiful woman to sit next to me. I needed someone to help me forget Angie. Just then, a wrinkled broad in musty clothes sat next to me. She had the breath of a dragon and needed a laser to remove some facial hair. Screw you, the woman said. I must have been thinking out loud again. It was a habit I was hoping to break. Last call came at 1.30. I knew it would be another hour before Angie closed up. I finished my drink in a hurry. I had consumed enough watermelon to feed a picnic. I walked across the street to my car. I put my butt on the torn naugahyde seat and a piece of stuffing worked its way out. The neon sign clicked off and I told my brain to wake me in 30 minutes. I shut my eyeballs. I woke an hour later from a drunken slumber. I lit a match and blew it out. It didn't flare, so I figured I was sober enough to drive home. It was my own field sobriety test. I waited for Angie to come out. It was 15 minutes later than I thought it would be. Even though we weren't talking much, I still had the hots for her. I watched a male figure approach her in the shadows. I slapped my face and cleared the vodka from my eyes. Angie turned and bumped into him. I tried to open the car door, but it stuck. I wanted to warn her about the stranger in the shadows when I saw them lock lips. Like I said earlier, she was easy on the eyes, but hard on the heart. They walked away arm in arm. I wanted to know what he told Angie to get her to like him. As they passed under the dingy streetlight, I recognized the man. I didn't think a heart could break twice in one night, but it can. The stranger was an Amway distributor. That was easy on the eyes. I wrote it off a prompt that read, write about a couple who meet at a bar. Like I warned you, it was silly. Oftentimes life is more challenging than the stories we write, so stay positive, maintain an attitude of gratitude, and smile. Until we meet again, I'm your host, Rudy Uribe Jr.
Welcome to Taco Bell. Would you like to try our cheesy, beefy burrito made from Doritos and stuffed with jalapeno peppers? Is it spicy? <laughs> Did you kill this fucking guy? There was something accusatory in the man's voice. Perhaps it was the question, Did you kill this fucking guy? Uh... Suicide with a bow and arrow? Think about it, Jen. The victim could have shot the arrow straight up in the air <laughs> then run around trying to catch it with his chest. <laughs> Tonight might be my lucky night. The waiter... <laughs> Stop. Stop. A paramedic knelt beside me and placed a blood pressure sleeve on my arm. He saw the blisters and told one of his partners that I was having a major allergic reaction. <laughs> I hope you enjoyed your margaritas and milk, she said. I'm pulling into a Taco Bell and getting an enchilada. Hopefully I can enjoy it without your spit all over it. I introduced myself as... <laughs> As Mohammed <laughs> Jennifer. <laughs> no need giving away my real identity. Okay, stop. Are those chocolate chips, raisins, or flies? She asked. <laughs> I think they're raisins, I said. Uh, Mr. Wembley is the only person in history who could do the booby. But <laughs> his voice. <laughs> uh.